Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. This is Tony Marchese, Shy Socks MKZ, and I am joined by a new host tonight. This is Unprotected Socks tonight on Socks on Tap. We've got a special guest appearance right here. How you doing tonight, man? Let's uh, Before we get into everything, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Why don't you give your real name out? And uh, let's let's uh, let's get to know you real quick. Yeah, my name is Brian. Uh, honestly, it, it's an honor. This is like my favorite podcast. So uh, when you asked me to be on, I, I jumped at the opportunity. Um, I wish that I was joining for my first time with uh, better news. Coming off these last few losses, uh, I don't think it's going to be a very positive uh, podcast. But I'm excited to be here. Uh, Unprotected Socks on Twitter just posted my first YouTube video. I did the 999 challenge yesterday, so follow, love it, and I've been interacting with uh, the Untap boys a lot recently. So very happy to be here. Hey, happy to have you on, man. Um, I'm going to get into that 999 challenge with you in just a minute. But um, first off, man, I, I I've loved everything that's come from from that account so far this year. Um, you're up there in the running, in my opinion, for White Sox Twitter Rookie of the Year. Uh, everything that's come from that account has been has, has been absolutely awesome. We love your support. I'm ha- I'm happy to have you on. It's it's always awesome to to get a new new voice um, on what's going on with the White Sox. And honestly, I, like you said, there's not going to be much positive coming from tonight's show. But we'll get into a few different other things. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of try and stray away from some of the bad that's been going on. And we'll try and get some positive stuff out of here tonight because, you know, it's always good to have somebody new on. We don't want to spoil it with just, you know, bad, bad stuff. But let's get the game out of the way real quick first. And Please. then we'll get into some of, some of your stuff that you've got going on with, with uh, Unprotected Socks and everything that you've, you've done so far this year. Let's jump right into it. 10-3 loss for the Sox today against the Twins. Lucas Giolito didn't look very great. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, Jose Barrios, he's he's a tough opponent. I said it last night when I was with Buzz that this game could end up being a blowout one way or the other. Uh, I think that's what we got, obviously. Uh, you give up 10 runs, that's probably going to be a blowout. Um, what are your takes? We were both at the game tonight. Um, we saw some stuff. Nelson Cruz was just absolutely obliterating baseballs into the stands. Um, give me your give me your fresh takes here. Well, first off, I was at the game last night as well, and I did not think it was going to get worse uh, when I went to the game today, but it got much worse, and it got worse quick. Uh, as you saw, Nelson Cruz three home runs at. I didn't want to be rooting for that fourth one, but I also kind of wanted to witness history a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. I saw some stat that he hit it like at least six miles uh, combined in those three home runs. So that was that was just great. Um, and, and you know, any time that you can give up five home runs in a game, I don't think that game's going to go too well for you. No, no. We no. had we had seven hits total. They had five home runs. So usually not a recipe for success. Um, just a lot of things bothered me about this game and I ended up staying the entire time and there were things all the way up eighth inning just still bothering me so a lot of frustration here uh what do you think of it so yeah like I said I was also at the game I I dipped out I've got to be honest I dipped out about the seventh inning because at that point I I mean it was already 10-3 so no love lost there I beat traffic. I got home and I got enough time to uh, to message you to come on the show. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Um, but Lucas Giolito just didn't look good, and obviously I couldn't really see much of Lucas Giolito because I was behind the foul pole in the 108 for most of the game. So I don't know if his mechanics were off. I don't know what was going on there, but I saw balls flying out of the stadium. So when you go five innings and give up. Seven hits with seven earned runs. There's obviously something wrong. He only walked two batters. Right. And, and, and here's the thing, too. He struck out seven batters, too. So that, sorry. that doesn't really add up for me. I don't know about sure. you, but that doesn't add up for me. You're missing bats, but at the same time, you're giving up hits and you're giving up a ton of runs. It's it's That's a really weird line for a pitcher to have. Yeah, I think Within, that yeah. A, a, a few episodes ago, you mentioned something. I think you were talking about Lopez. And on this podcast, they said, as long as the pitcher gets seven strikeouts, it's usually going to go well for yes, you. Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting towards. And if I'm looking at seven strikeouts in five innings from Giolito, I'm thinking, oh, man, he must have had a great game. Mm-hmm. And then I look one stat over on the box score, and it says four home runs, five innings. And I, that first home run, it went to the concourse. I was standing in standing room only because I just don't want to sit next to anybody. And that it landed five feet from where I was standing on the concourse. That ball was absolutely obliterated. And that that ball hit off Lopez last night. I was like, oh, I'm not going to see a home run further than that here in person. And then it took less than 24 hours until it happened again. So it and it it really didn't get much better uh, from there for him. And I, I saw after the game that he said, uh, he was getting away with more mistakes before the All-Star break. It's been pretty clear to everyone that he's not getting away with those mistakes anymore. And uh, you can see that ERA is just going up because of it. So, Yep, 3-1-2 coming in, uh, 3-5-2 coming out. Um, I think that speaks volumes to what he did prior to the All-Star break because when we're trending towards that four number – you're no longer talking about a Cy Young candidate, I think is, is is what I'm trying to get at here. Is we were at one point in time talking about Lucas Giolito as, you know, comeback pitcher of the year, and now he's kind of transformed into more of a middle of the rotation looking guy. I don't know if he's exactly what you would consider the ace. And one of the things that that I've said on this podcast numerous times is when you have a losing streak 
you look for your ace to be the guy that shuts that down. You know, regardless of who your opponent is, whether it's the Twins, the Yankees, the Red Sox, any of these any of these great teams, when you have your ace up, that should be your best chance to win that ball game, regardless of who your opponent is. And so far over the past four or five starts from Lucas Giolito, we have not gotten that version of him where it's just you know you can stop the bleeding or you know you're going to continue on a winning streak. It just hasn't been the same. And I don't know if this is mental. I don't know if there's a flaw in the mechanics because I haven't really been able to break down anything just from watching what's been going on that says, you know, here's the glaring flaw in what's going on. This is what he needs to do to fix it. I don't know if it's in his head. I I don't know because something is not consistent with what he was putting up earlier in the year. And like you had just mentioned, you know, he came out after the game and said, you know, I I was giving up, you know, I I was throwing too many mistakes and I was getting uh, exposed on those. So what are, what are your concerns here? I don't want to be – I try not to be that negative guy and I try to stay positive with the White Sox, but there hasn't been much positive uh, to go off of lately. And it in the first half, like you said, if if we were bleeding, Giolito was our bandit. I used to – I mean it would be Giolito day and you would go into the game knowing that if you're not going to win, you're going to have a pretty damn good chance to win. Uh, today – after the top of the fifth inning was seven to one at that point, uh, ten to one after the sixth, and I know that wasn't him, but uh, to only go five innings—that's not the Julito we were counting on in the first half. No. Uh, I don't want to say, "Oh, he's done and he sucks," and be the people that are already giving up on him again. But um, maybe it was a little unfair for us to just expect that from him. But at the same time, uh, if we're going to be looking 2020, 2021. Uh, we would much rather see that first half Giolito uh, than the second half, especially with how bad our staff has been struggling as a whole lately, other than Reynaldo was great last night. Um, but really, as I was t- talking to my buddy who I was at the game with, the pitching can be as bad as it, as bad as it has been, and we can complain about that all day. But if you're not scoring runs, and we saw this last night, yep. you're, you're not going to win any games either. And three runs against Barrios... I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Barrios. I will. I will mispronounce it as well. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> we know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like cereal. Yep. Um, but I, you're not going to win a game. I, it's great that we got three, but what we scored ten runs in the Marlins series, and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good weekend for us. Uh, no. Up, so. I mean, we've we've got three more coming up against these guys and you know seven hits three runs kind of average here but at the same point in time I I like what you said you know um, you came back to something that I've been a a stickler on is if your pitcher is going to get seven outs on his own he puts you in a pretty good chance to win a ball game and that's why this stat line to me it just kind of it's kind of glaring it jumps out um 12 hits, 10 runs for the opponent. Like, did the bullpen break down? And and you go and you look at these. No, not really. Um, Cordero wasn't good. No. I don't know. 
Cordero wasn't good at all. Uh, two innings, four hits, three earned runs, uh, struck out two, gave up a homer. But then you go to Ruiz and, and Osich, and those guys were, were pretty clean. Uh, Ruiz gave up a hit, but... Ooh, Ruiz also gave up two bombs to the warning track. I yes. thought all three of those were going to be gone, and, but... <laughs> Hey, Luckily, they stayed in the park. You know, we didn't we didn't need any more bad. We didn't need any more. So those were, that's the baseball gods kind of calming it down. One uh, thing positive for the pitching. I'm sorry to cut you off, but one thing positive is when I came home and I checked the box score, um, I was actually surprised that we had only given up five home runs because being there, it felt like every at bat was out of the park. So you, there's a positive. I I agree with up. that statement 150. percent um, and this isn't the first time that I've been to a Sox-Twins game this year that felt like every single at-bat was a home run. Um, I've been to a few of these this year so far. Um, let's get into the offense a little bit and stop talking about some of the, the, the pitching stuff because it's just depressing. And obviously, like I said, I wanted to kind of get past all this. Um what did you think about what did you think about the uh, the lineup today? I mean, obviously we've been going with this uh, Abreu Moncada three four spot with Lure and Jay uh, leading the game off. In my opinion, you know you've got one through four, and then you've got five through crap. Yes. Um, so um, thoughts, uh, reactions to uh, what we did today with with uh, I mean, obviously we produced three runs, which is better than uh, than zero, but. Uh, since the I, first time we ran this out, man, it's not been good. Yeah, so Mankata batting fourth was awesome the first game because not only did you see production out of him uh, from the fourth spot, but you also got a lot of uh, out of Abreu. And he came out and said, oh, it's nice to finally have a four-hitter, which I don't know how McCann took that, but I probably wouldn't have taken it too well. I'm going to get sister. into that with you. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but since then, I mean, Abreu seemingly hasn't done shit. He got oh, – I'm sorry. He got one hit today. I just kind of fisted it off in the right field late. And then he ran himself off the base pass. I know you you left by that point. I really want to talk about that because I'm fuming mad. Yeah, because go ahead. Yeah, let it out. So what happened was Abreu – or Mankata hit a ball to the wall. And uh, the left fielder made a nice play on it. I thought he was going to have a second home run. Abreu must have too. Because he rounded third. And then once it got caught, he decided to retreat back to first, uh, as a player would do, but did not touch second base. He basically just cut across the uh, the infield. And I know I, you coach Little League, don't you? Yes, yes. I would assume that your players even know that they have to touch it, or they might just run back across the infield like Abreu did today. And I could not believe that he did it. Because personally, the first time I got to second base – I couldn't wait to touch it again. <laughs> and you know, you bring up the little league. I'm, I'm, I'm. Pardon me, because I'm laughing at the comment because that's that's very well timed. Um, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen Abreu make a base running mistake. You know, I was at the game earlier this year where he got crossed up, and yeah. you know. It took a home run off the board. That one almost cost the game. Yeah, it almost cost the game if if this, not for Tim Anderson heroics late later on. So, you know, it's not the first time we've seen some of this bonehead stuff. And one of the things I said the other day, I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was on on 
on tap was, don't you remember when Ricky Renteria would bench these guys for doing something stupid? And yeah. now all of a sudden it's like all these guys have free reign. That's because uh, Avi's not on the team anymore. Well, and and that's what I that that's a point that I want to make is, you know, for all of the credit that we give Ricky Renteria for you know driving these guys, and not that not that we personally give, but you hear it from the broadcast, you hear it from the organization, like Ricky's going to get the most out of his guys, and he's going to hold people accountable, and and all this <laughs> other stuff. Is that is he really? Or are there favorites on this team? Or not even favorites. Are there people who are above the manager at this point in time? And I don't know if that's really good in a rebuild to have people who just don't, the rules don't apply to. And does he even have rules at this point in time? Because that's a whole other discussion I think that um, that we can have is, you know, do the same rules apply now that they did a year and a half ago? Well, judging by Abreu's base running, it, even if he did have rules that uh, Jose probably wouldn't understand them anyway. Yep. Because he just, I mean, he just ran right past that base. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. He used to hold guys accountable, and we'd give credit was given to him for getting as many wins out of this roster as he has so far. Um, I'm just not seeing any accountability since the All Star break, and I feel like I. It, I don't know about you, but to me, it seems like people, they just don't really care. I mean, McCann swung at a pitch. I think it was the eighth or ninth inning. I think it was the eighth inning tonight. That was like three. He missed it by three feet. Yep. He's, I mean, he's just out of it. And it it doesn't really seem like his efforts there the same way either. I don't want to question a guy's effort, and he's been great for us. But, I mean, come on. No, and this is a guy that I brought up the other day was – McCann and you know you you mentioned the comment that Abreu made but you know we're talking about a guy that looked like a contender for comeback player of the year outside of Lucas Giolito right and that's McCann you know the way he handled the pitching staff in the first half the way that he just reinvented himself offensively was incredible I mean, I had this guy written off as a potential DFA candidate oh, yeah. by early May so that we could get Sebi Zavala or Zach Collins up here. And he kind of cemented himself as the White Sox number one catcher, not only for now, but going forward. He had people sold. You know, I wrote I wrote a blog earlier this year about how James McCann is fooling everybody right now. That this is not really who he is. And then he doubled down on it and made himself into an all-star. And, you know, I think the last line of my blog was, let's hope that James McCann can continue this so that we can flip him and that somebody else is actually interested in taking him on before he regresses. Hey, I understand that. Uh, And I'm all for that you kind of just, you put down a player and then they perform really well. Oh, you picked up on that. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I understand that. Uh, so I, I will, I would like to say that this can be the podcast right now that we get McCann turned back around because I'm going to go ahead and say that his heart's not in it. I will, I will double down with you right now and say that his heart's not in it. I talked a little bit about this with uh, with with Buzz last night, and you know we kind of 
I kind of, you know, he he said, you know, he he struck out looking in the first at bat yesterday, argued with the ump. You know, he just looks like he's kind of lost. I don't know what happened during the All Star break, but we're not getting the same version of McCann that we did in the first half. And to me, that's really not acceptable because right now, if he continues on this path, a he's not tradable. Nobody's going to want to take him on when he's in in the midst of a slump, regardless of what he did in the first half of the year. His career numbers speak for themselves. Right. You know, it's Something baseball's to... a lot of what have you done for me lately? And if if he's not going to if he's not going to continue on that pace, I mean we, we see the average right now, it's dropped considerably. He's at a two ninety one. He was up so. at what, three twenty something? Like three thirties. Yeah, three thirties. So and then another thing that I don't think that we're talking about here is and you brought it up, Giolito um, gave him all the credit for like kind of controlling the pitching mm-hmm. staff. Every Giolito start where he was first half Giolito, he would say it's all due to McCann. Now McCann starts struggling on offense. I mean, is he carrying that over? Because Giolito's not performing either. And I don't want to give that uh, excuse to Giolito, but right now we're kind of piling on McCann so they can become – so they can become good again. So you know, I I really like where this is going because this is like super meatball take. You know, oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. reason for Lucas Giolito's failures right now lie on McCann because he's just not himself. So I what? McCann, yeah, and I, this was my original meatball take that I that I tweeted and I think it got it read on the podcast. My my first real appearance on this podcast. Uh, I said that McCann is uh, weak and lame for going all going the other way all the time yep. and that he was it uh tough and cool if he pulls the ball I, he's been trying to pull it a little bit more and not really going with the ball so maybe he saw that and is trying to impress me and i just want to say james you don't gotta impress me just play the way you were playing before absolutely um you know sometimes meatball takes kind of get people a little riled up you know that's that's just a. That's just part of the meatball takes. I like when McCann is cool and tough. I mean, he did have that one bomb right after you right yeah. after you tweeted that that Talked went to left field, and I, I I I enjoyed that. I think that that I think that spurred him, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe maybe you're the reason why he's in his own head. Hey, I'll take all the credit I can get. I mean, even if it's bad credit, no news is bad news. No, not at all. So. That's that's McCann. I don't think we have anything else really to to cover on him. Um, let's hope he turns it around. Uh, but you know, as of right now, he's he's in the doghouse, in the another half doghouse. And we talked about Renteria already, but I do want to get on another issue that really bothered me tonight. And I was cussing in my section, and the people were probably like, "Hey, take it easy, man. There's kids around." <laughs> uh, and I know it drives all of White Sox Twitter crazy. Is the bunting? Yep. Larry Garcia is hitting 286. I know batting average isn't cool, and the nerds are going to tell me that that's actually not a real stat. Um, but he's hitting 286, which means he can hit the ball. We had a man on second tonight. I missed whatever happened with Adam Angle, just gotten a run down and apparently was given second base. Uh, but man on second, nobody out. Garcia's your leadoff guy hitting 286 and Ricky him. He him so that he can be on third base and John Jay, who does not hit fly balls. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know that he has zero home runs. 
So that makes me assume that he doesn't really hit fly balls. Um, not deep ones anyway. And he comes up and hits a ground out, a ground out to the pitcher. And now Abreu strikes out with a man on third with two outs. Later in the game, Lurie comes up, one out, first and second, rips a single, RBI single, and we get first and third. I, maybe we learned from the mistakes there, but I think I tweeted out, oh, we should have bunted there, but we'll take that. Um, it's It's brutal. So I was waiting in the line for another beer when this yeah. all went down. So I actually got the TV view of how Adam Engel got to second, which is I, – I don't think he was really warranted second. He was in the rundown, and when he turned, the guy who had just made the throw was in his way, and he kind of made arm contact with him, and the umpire called interference – there was a Twins fan in the next line over from me, and who he started screaming how unfair the call was. And I couldn't really help but think, like, eh, yeah, that's that's not good. But, I mean, the rules state if you make contact and interfere with somebody, you get the next base. So, you know, as a Sox fan in that situation, I take it. But if I, if I was rooting for the Twins, I probably would have thought that this was not exactly uh, a fair call. My issue with that, the twins are clearly cheating anyway because they're all on steroids. Yes, yes. Uh, to my guess, so yeah, I think if we get away with one call, that that's fair. Yes. So then, you know, I'm I'm waiting there with my wife, and you know, we see him make that, you know, make the play or whatever. You know, they 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 award him second base, and then the bunt goes down, and she looks at me and she's like, "Why the hell did we do this?" And I was like, "Well." You know, you got to get him over. So, you know, now we got one out and all we need to do is hit a fly ball and we get a run in. You know, it's, you know, it's small ball. It's not exactly smart, I guess, but there's a plan at least, you know. Well, then you're right. John Jay just fucking grounds out and, you know, there's the end of the inning. So it, it's it's so frustrating to watch that happen because you you see the plan. You see where it's supposed to go. And then you can't execute. And the lack of execution for this team, as Johnny would say, they're not opportunistic. They can't take advantage of opportune times to score runs. And that's exactly what the problem is here, is when you can strike, they need to, and they don't. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. And there's a glaring example right there in the box score as I'm looking at it. Skip over, yeah, the Twins had 10 runs. Yeah, they had 12 hits. They had four errors, okay? And the White, Tech, White Sox surprisingly had zero errors in this ballgame, so a clean game on defense. But when a team has four more errors than the other team and still wins by seven runs, yeah, I would say that the White Sox are pretty uh, – they are not opportunistic. Johnny's going to love that statement right there when he listens to this. Not opportunistic. I didn't even pick that up. Four errors. You should win the ball game. Just just right there. Another team has four errors and you can't win this ball game? Come on now. That's that's so it, White Sox. That's, it was a comedy of errors too. Yeah, that's, I thought I was watching the White Sox defense for a while, uh there. Yeah. That's that's so White Sox. I, I don't I don't have anything else to discuss in this game. Um We've got a few other things to get to. I want to. I want to talk about your nine 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 challenge, and I also want to talk about uh, 
tomorrow's game. So let's get into tomorrow's game. We'll talk about your 999 challenge. We'll talk a little bit else about uh, about unprotected socks, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. So tomorrow we've got another Dylan Cease day. He's facing off against Michael Pineda. Uh, Pineda's coming in six five four point four one ERA, and Cease is one and two on the year with a six point one nine um, pitching matchup. Initial thoughts. Uh, I'm excited to watch Cease again. Uh, he's only pitched three times for us, so uh, the people that are already forming opinions on him, I don't know, they need to stop. Yes. It, like, he's pitched like a total of, what, like 14 innings? So yep. I, I'm looking forward to watching him again. I, whether or not we win or lose the game, at this point we're 10 games under 500, so I just want to see how Cease does. Uh, you talk about development of the guys that are going to be important. Uh, I'm not really worried about Pineda because I am just going to be watching Cease tomorrow. Uh, hopefully he can get – I know he hasn't – it's kind of by design that he's not getting that deep in the games uh, yet, I believe. But hopefully he can get six innings in and I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean that's all I'm really looking for. I'm looking for a little bit more command of the fastball. That's what I'm going to That's what I'm gonna keep my eye on when I'm watching this game tomorrow is can Dylan Cease start to command that fastball to be effective – and what can he use on his secondary pitches as out pitches? Because that fastball that he has is absolutely deadly. If he can get that command down a little bit more, you can start to see him work some of those those you know secondary pitches a little bit more effectively. So I think he needs to throw. Hell, go out there and just throw your fastball for a while and make sure that you can get that command at the major league level. You know, get the jitters out. I I, I think it's really hard to expect a kid like Dylan Cease or even Michael Kopech, kind of like we saw last year, to just come up here and have that command right off the bat. It takes a little oh, yeah. bit of time to to get those butterflies out, those jitters, even though it's not the first inning that you've thrown in the major leagues. Um, you know, Throwing it on, on this stage is a little bit different than what you've done in college or even some of the minor leagues. You've got a lot more eyes on you. Um, you're trying to force things. You know, you heard Kopech come out last year and say, I was trying to force it. Um, you know, it, it takes a while to get used to that. So you're playing in an interdivisional game. This is the Twins. They're going to see you a ton of times over the course of your career if you're Dylan Cease and you're going to be a mainstay in this rotation. You know, go out there. Don't really expose some of those secondary pitches, I think, especially the first time that you're seeing these guys. Just go out there and try and command that fastball. So... That's what I'm looking at. I want to see him be able to get at least two times through this order without giving up Lucas Giolito bombs like we saw tonight. I think I'll be happy with that. Um, keep it under four runs. I'd like to see, like I said, six strikeouts, six, seven strikeouts from this kid. I don't know if that's going to happen. Probably somewhere more around the four to four to six, I would say, topping out, especially if he's only going to go five, six innings. But... Um, you know, if he can put the team in a chance to win a ball game against Minnesota, I think that's going to go a long way for this kid's confidence um, going forward. Other I, than that, you know, I'd like to see bullpen A squad. I know you've you've probably heard that term over and over again. I'd like to see bullpen A squad come out um, tomorrow and actually seal down a ball game for us because I I don't feel like we've had that type of game in a while. And you know, what I don't want to see tomorrow is a Alex Calame maintenance day. I think that would be the worst thing that I can possibly see um, 
out of tomorrow. And I'm 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 already going towards the negative here because that's how this is gone the second half of the season. But I don't want to see the Alex Colomay maintenance day. I want to see him lock down a save. It's been a while. Yeah, and I I think we've seen that he does better in the save situations anyway yep. than in maintenance uh, days. Um, and I, I think what you said about Cease and your expectations for him, he's, he's raw, he's fresh. Uh, that's important for uh, the listeners to know, especially for someone who might be on the podcast for the first time in their life. Uh, you can't expect all the kinks to not be worked out there. So, uh, yeah, just give him a little time and maybe me some time as well. <laughs> well, you'll you'll definitely be back on these. Um, you know, it's, I hope the listeners give you the time to to work out your kinks. I don't think you've had any, but if if you're already asking for it, hey, everybody, give this guy some give this guy some time. He's he's oh, just I, getting I, used to it. And if you want to tweet me compliments, I I I mean, I hate to retweet compliments, but they do help me feel a little better. And I know that you're just saying that there's no kinks because it's actually Skype, and you actually have to say that to my face. Uh, if we were just doing like a phone call, I'd be a little bit more honest. No, no, you've been, you've been fine, my friend. Um, any we normally go into picks to click here. Anybody jumping out at you for tomorrow? Uh, I'm just gonna say Mankata because he's my favorite player. There you no, go, it's Homer's. There you go. Um, I'm gonna go. <sighs> I've kind of bounced around a little bit here. Um. I'm gonna, I might go Sanchez here. I don't know why. Uh, just trying to, to switch things up. Um, gets a little stale if you keep picking the same guy. I don't know if I've ever picked Sanchez. So I'm going to go Yolmer. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, the rest of the uh, Sox on Tap guys will, will tweet theirs tomorrow. But um, that's pretty much a wrap for everything we've got going on uh, game day-wise tomorrow. Um, you know, It should be another beautiful night on the south side. Uh, I've, I got to come tonight. It was beautiful weather. Um, you were there just a nice night. I hope everything goes the same way tomorrow. Great place to take in a ball game, especially when the weather's sitting there mid seventies at night. You, you really can't beat it. You, you, you just can't. So if you got a chance to get out to the ballpark tomorrow night, go and do that. Um, now let's get into some other stuff here. Um, I want to get into some of your Twitter stuff. You tried the nine, nine, nine challenge. You were a little bit unsuccessful. Um, bring me through what you did yesterday, man. Because I, I, I feel personally, I would never try and take on this feat. So I find it completely admirable that you you attempted it. Let's 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 walk our listeners through how this all went down. So the nine 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 challenge is the you go to a baseball game and during those nine innings, uh, you eat hot nine hot dogs and you drink nine beers. And I, when I was picking out my 10-game uh, plan, I wanted to pick one Wednesday game because obviously if I'm going to buy nine hot dogs, I don't want to be paying full price for those. Uh, what I didn't take into account is lines. So I, did, I was a little bit worried that I would try to eat my hot dogs and then go get in line and then that would take a full inning and then I would automatically be disqualified. So I just bought all my hot dogs up front. So Ooh. every eating a hot dog it was and the dollar dogs are already downgrade in uh in quality yep. i would say uh think about them just sitting there for like six innings and then going to try to eat one after just drinking a beer every inning as well and the beers were getting warm as well so i i did not take into account that and then if you watch last night's game um maybe marlins white Sox, two teams that don't hit very well 
Uh, and they're the putting you on the pace. So fast. It was yes. going by so fast, and all all year long, right? And all those games have been lasting forever. And then now, because he decided that he liked to try in the second half or whatever, I know you commented on those comments last night. He was whizzing through the game, and he was about to have a Maddox game. Um, so I just couldn't keep up. And I, I'm actually more I'm, – I'm a little happier that I couldn't finish it because I'd, I'd like to not be able to do that <laughs> at this age. Uh, if I'm putting down nine hot dogs that easily, I I got some other issues I got to sort out. So uh, yeah, I made a video on, uh, on it, and you can find that on my Twitter. I tweeted it, uh, YouTube, Unprotected Socks. It's very cringeworthy, um, but I put it out there, and <laughs> I had a good time making it, and I had a good time at the game despite the result. Awesome, and uh, you know. Are you going to attempt this again? I think is the question that I have to ask you. Is this is this something that you're going to attempt again, or have you accepted that this might not be for you? What's the what's the consensus there? You've mentioned uh, multiple times on this podcast uh, tonight the comeback player of the year award. Yes, uh, I will be trying it again next season. I don't have any more Wednesday games this year, and then school starts up soon, um, and then I. I'm getting married next summer, and I actually should be trying to lose weight. Um, and that eating nine hot dogs in a sitting, um, I think like the the sodium in one hot dog is like more than enough for your entire day. Um, yes. So, yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I need to be doing this until next season. I've been to three Wednesday games, I think, so far this year, and every single time I've woken up with. I don't know if they're the sodium sweats or what it is, but I just feel a lot different. Even then when like my normal hangover, there's a different hangover on a, on a, on a dollar dog Wednesday. Well, I was in Vegas last weekend and I'm for a bachelor party and I'm still not recovered from that. And also I was in, uh, I was in Disney world right before Vegas. So in the last eight days before this, I had had four filet mignons. So I've just been eating like shit. I've been waking up in the middle of the night because I have acid reflex. Like, I can't sleep. And then I wanted to go try to have nine dogs and nine beers. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I thought at one point I was going to get sick on the uh, row ahead of me. And that's when I decided uh, that I had had enough. Probably not a good idea. So we commend you for for not yakking on the row in front of you. That's, that's a smart choice, uh, responsible choice. Uh, I should say that in in the least responsible choice, but you know I'm hoping that we can all get there for your comeback player of the year next year. I think that'd be a good on tap story. We'll cover it. Uh, uh, we got a few other guys. Uh, our guy Ron Luce, who's over on the uh, on the Cub side, actually attended a Dollar Dog Day and somehow miraculously put down 15 dogs. Um, if you didn't have the beer involved, I want to know right off the bat here. Do you think that you can match those 15 dogs? Because he currently holds the 108, not leaderboard for, for most dogs, but most dogs in a single game. Can you beat 15? So, uh, Mr. Loose, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that his bowels were a little loose uh, after that day. But, 
No. I, you know what? Without beer, I might be able to handle it. At one point, I was dipping the hot dog in the beer like uh, like a Nathan's hot dog champion. Like Kobayashi move right there. It was horrible. It was <laughs> it did not work. Uh, but 15, I mean, the other thing with the 999 stipulations is I could only have one hot dog per inning and one yep. beer per inning. So I couldn't get a head start. Um, and I think that that hurt a little bit. But if I if I was doing 15, I'd have to get there like for batting practice and try to do it. And even then, uh, I just don't have any desire for that. I uh, cheers to him, but uh, and more power to him. But I I don't have it in me. So that's I think I think that's admirable admirable right there to to just admit right now that 15 hot dogs in the game. Is really not for anybody, except for maybe Ron. You know, and, and I don't know how he did the fifteen. I wasn't a witness to it personally, but I'm I'm really questioning how many he actually really ate. You know, oh, yeah. I think I feel like that number might be pumped. Um, might have to investigate this. Open up an internal investigation. That sounds um, like a Cubs fan. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, he's not even really a, a Sox fan. So what is he even doing? On Sox Twitter, I guess is the question. Um, man, it was awesome having you on. Um, this has been a great night, uh, even despite the outcome. Uh, you know, it's always great to get a fresh voice on here. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, any closing thoughts you have? Uh, and and before we we close this out, let's let the listeners know one more time where they can find you on Twitter and uh, and social media and everywhere else. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. All right, my my Twitter is unprotected under underscore socks, but the the actual at the tag is at socks unprotected. Um, and then I do have a blog that's got like five posts. It's got some uh, food reviews. It has my video on there, uh, like a Game of Thrones blog or something like that. So that is at uh, www.unprotectedsocks.com. And I get about one view every three months, so any extra views would be appreciated. We'll get you some extra views, my friend. All right, man. We always like to close this out with a go socks. I'm going to say it real quick. I'm hoping tomorrow is a victory that we can break down here at Socks on Tap. I'm sure you're hoping the same thing as well. Yeah, Let's go, White Sox. Go Sox.